Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 25. Here's Pastor Ryan. That's going to start in early November in Los Angeles. Thank God for the sheriff in that county who said he's not going to, he's not going to um, enforce it. Employers are threatening employees with removal of their jobs unless they show proof of vaccination. All of this is against our rights as an American citizen. What are we going to do? Are we going to resist? And stick to what we know is right in our heart, or are we going to voluntarily lay down our rights as Americans and take the vaccine that that we don't want, that many don't want to take? And some do. Praise God, they want it's their body. I'm not. I'm not saying yay or nay to anything. I'm, I'm saying yay or nay to our freedoms. It's our freedoms that's the issue. We have differences of opinions. We respect all that. But as Americans, no one, whatever side of the aisle, whatever side of the argument you are in, we're Americans. Paul is a Roman. And in our story, there's, there's very little about loving thy neighbor in here and a lot about him getting to Rome using his Roman citizenship. There's a lot. Listen to me. So Paul said in verse 10, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. To the Jews, I have done no wrong, as you very well know. For if I am an offender or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying. But if there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no no one can deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. He's reminding the procurator, the Roman. No, no, I, I stand at, at Caesar's judgment seat. You can't send me up there. He's reminding him, I'm a Roman citizen. There are pastors and Christians today who believe that our rights as Americans should be set aside for the betterment of this pandemic. They preach that churches should stay closed and that all should get the vaccine and that we all should wear masks, even though the survival rates are in the high 95 percentile. And they, and they can clearly see that information is being censored. Thousands of doctors, thousands of scientists, numbers are being inflated. It's politicized to the max. So because of these things, they failed to see that the abortionists, those who are pro-killing babies in the womb, the Democrat Party, and the World Economic Forum people, they believe that the problem with the world is that it's overpopulated. No wonder they're for abortion. They think the biggest problem facing the world is overpopulation well let them die somehow 
And the things that I'm about to say to you are on video of them saying these things. So don't think I'm picking on people. President Obama was asked about elderly and the health care, health care, you know, universal health care was the issue at the time, Obamacare, and that those who are elderly in our society should be given a pill to help them to live um, without pain in their older ages, but that we as a society shouldn't pay for uh, health procedures that are expensive because they're basically on their way out. Bill Gates is, a, is another one who believes that, that the main problem of the world is, is overpopulation. There's a video of Bill Gates that's out there, guys. It's crazy. It was about 10 years ago where he was asked about, uh, or he was giving a presentation of vaccines that can genetically modify the way a person thinks and behaves that can genetically hit the brain. And he, as his example, he was pointing to the, the extreme Islamists in the Middle East. Because at the time, obviously, you know, I, could, I can sell this to you guys because you know that they're all extreme in the Middle East. So, so you see how, how they are extreme in their religious thinking. Well, there's a, 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 a genetic modification that can be given to them to change that religious extremist view. Wow. Now, I ain't the smartest tool in the shed, but I, was, and I, but I wasn't born yesterday. It's the, it's, the, it's the Christians that you're probably having in mind. They asked him, how would you get them to take this vaccine? And he said it would be through an influenza virus. He said it would be through an influenza virus that, that would go forth and they'll all come to take the flu shot in the Middle East and then we can put that in their system and they won't be extreme Muslims anymore. You think I'm nuts. It's on video. Anyone else here see that? Yeah, it's a president. He ain't hiding it. That's, that's, so, so, so please, we just want you to choose what you want to do for your own body. But I'm saying be careful, be educated, know what you're getting yourself into. And if you've taken it, then, you know, continue to, to educate yourself. And, and, and uh, you know, the same people that are pushing it are the same people that, that uh, think crazy. So, so he said... I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. Now listen, how do I respond to this? I appeal to the Supreme Court. Now I'm not saying the Supreme Court's going to stand up for our Constitution. It's a crazy country, as you know. But shouldn't we appeal this to the appeals court? Shouldn't we tell our employers, you know what, if you're going to try to force me to do this and not, not accept my religious exemption, yes. let's go to court. Amen. Fire me. Amen. Let's appeal this. That's what I'm encouraging as a pastor, any Christian to do. There are 
law firms, Christian law firms who will do this pro bono, who will, put, will help you. You know, wage war with wise counsel, but don't give up your American rights because he did not give up his Roman rights. And he's apostle of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he saw Jesus Christ in the flesh and Jesus raised him up to teach us the truth. And if it, and if it, and if it standing for our American rights is wrong, then, then what was Paul? Jesus said he would go to Rome, and now guess where they're sending him because of his Roman citizenship? To Rome. And guess who he's going to preach to? To the king. The king of the known world. The king of the known world. And when Paul was saved, when Jesus met him on that road to Damascus, you know the story, there was a bright light, and, and he was blind for three days after that, and he went to a, to a brother's house named Judas, where um, and Ananias was to meet him, who was a Christian brother, an older saint, who, who the Lord said to Ananias, go to Judas's house for, for Saul. Paul is there, and, and I need you to lay hands on him and pray for him that he might receive his sight. And he goes, yeah, but this guy was crazy. He was against the church. He goes, yeah, but he's praying. And you know the story. Jesus told Ananias, I will show him how many things he, has to, he will suffer for my name's sake. He will preach before uh, uh, kings, before the Gentiles, and before the children of Israel. And now, Paul is going to Rome. The Lord, how did he set it up? The Lord's using that Roman citizenship. You have an American citizenship. I, I'm not telling you know, people from other countries to, they don't have a constitution. I'm basically telling to them, trust in the Lord and, uh, and uh, preach the gospel. He's coming soon. God bless you. We're praying for you. But in this country, do the same thing, but appeal because you're an American. All right. <laughs> I mean, must I read the First Amendment? You have a right to assemble. The Second Amendment, you have the right to bear arms. Look at Australia. They gave them up two years ago. And they send, they're sending the armies in there with no fear. Government's going to do whatever they want. Imagine if we had no guns in America. Do you really think they would not come and just like, nah? Now, you're either going to take the shot or go into camp. And you think, oh, come on, don't say that about our leaders. We're, we're, we're genocidally killing children in our country. Anyways, I digress. And after... Some days, King Agrippa and Bernice came to Caesarea to greet Festus. And when they had been there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king. Now, guys, King, uh, king Agrippa here is uh, uh, King Agrippa II. He is the son of King Agrippa I. King Agrippa I had uh, the apostle James killed. And so this is King Agrippa the second. Um, he also was a great grandson of uh, Herod the Great, who killed the children when Jesus were, was born in Bethlehem. He was a young man, about 30 years old at this time, and he ruled the territories of northeast Israel. 
Um, he had the title of king, and because he was a friend of the Roman imperial family, he was awarded the privilege of choosing the high priest. This is a dude who told Jerusalem, uh, who was hired and fired as their religious high priest. Can you imagine that? He was a Herod. He was also the custodian of the treasury at the temple. So the religious Jews must have loved this guy. His background made him qualified to hear, hear Paul, though. He knows. He knows um, the, the Jewish religion. He knows how they think. He knows all of that. So he would have been uh, very well to, to uh, hear Paul's case. And he came down... Um, it says here with Bernice. Bernice was his sister, guys. Bernice, they say of her that she had a tendency uh, to support the Jews. She had a tendency to, to lean, go with the Jews. Um, but she has, or she was known um, as being um, immoral and incestuous. So she had a relationship here with her brother, historians say. So she was a perverse and wicked woman. And so was he. He was a perverse and wicked man. But I must say, in light of these sinners, all of us have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. I was with my family yesterday over in Redlands over at the plaza there near Nordstrom Rack you know that area where uh, um, Old Navy is and there are so many people and you can tell that so many folks are moving out into this area and it's a beautiful thing and I was sitting there seeing the crowds of people there shopping and I'm just asking God give me a love for people give me a love for people give me a love for people it's whenever you're around a lot of people, it's good practice in your prayers to say, give me a love for people, give me a love for people. And I just started thinking, in today's age, this world is so sexually perverse. We have no idea. So many of us don't. And the Bible says to be simple concerning evil. So we don't want to go snooping around as to what the perversions are. But there's perversions everywhere that are so grotesque, so painful and hurtful. Sexual immorality destroys lives no matter what kind it is, from fornication, that means having sex without being married, to everything else, homosexuality, to whatever else, nasty thing under the sun. But there's hope for the sexually immoral person. There's hope in Jesus Christ that he can forgive, that he can cleanse, and that he can give us new hearts to be holy, to be true to him. He can cleanse us by the power of his blood and make us new. That's the beauty of the gospel when we Think of Bernice and, um, what's his name? Agrippa. Agrippa, thank you. There's no sin that we 
have done that Christ cannot forgive. There's no sin that you have done. He can forgive. And he has. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the beloved apostle of Jesus, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Proverbs 28, 13, it says, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. God forgives sinners, but he, he calls sinners to be honest about their sin. To be honest with God. No matter what it is, to be honest with them in prayer. I've sinned against you. Or to say, I want nothing to do with you. Change my heart. I know I should, but my heart is desperately wicked. Change my heart that I would surrender my life to you. Change my heart from the perversion of pornography, of every sexual sin that's out there. Those, these, those are the prayers, those, those cries for help that God hears. Give me a disgust, give me a disdain and a hatred for sexual immorality. To hate it. It's not enough to love God. It's we must hate evil. And the problem with, with sin in people's homes is that there, there's a, a, a so-called love for God, but there's not a disdain or a, or a balanced hatred for evil. That, that should, we should change the channel. We should not uh, listen to that. We should not be around that. Because it pollutes, because Jesus died on the cross for those sins. Why would we dabble? Why would we allow it in our lives? So yes, he forgives sinners, but sinners have to confess their sins before him and forsake the sin. Not just confess it, feel good at an altar call, and then bounce and go right back into it. Remember I said that God is smarter than us? We must bear fruits of repentance. No change, no salvation. So, really quick here. There is a certain man left, left, or there is a certain man left a prisoner by Felix, about whom the chief priests and the elders of the Jews informed me. When I was in Jerusalem asking for a judgment against him, to them I answered, it is not the custom of the Romans to deliver any man to destruction before the accused meets the accusers face to face and has opportunity to answer for himself concerning the charge against him. Therefore, when they had come together without any delay, the next day I sat on the judgment seat and commanded that the man be brought in. When the accusers stood up, they brought no accusation against him of such things as I suppose, but had some questions against him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who had died, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And because I was uncertain of such questions, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there be judged concerning these matters. But when Paul appealed 
to be reserved for the decision of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept till I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. And so we'll stop there. But he explains them again. It's not customary in our Roman society to judge somebody before he's heard. As a Roman citizen, Paul had the right. Do you know that Paul had the right to vote? As a Roman citizen, he had the right to vote. Um, he was privy to uh, Roman property taxes, um, but he had major protections concerning trials. Kind of like our country. You can't, you know, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty, or at least you used to be. Um, what else? A Roman citizen could not be crucified unless Caesar himself made the exception. So he had rights as a Roman citizens, citizen. And, and so do we as, as Americans. And as Christians, don't be afraid to use your U.S. citizenship um, wisely uh, to get some justice here. We know ultimately justice comes from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love, your grace, and mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you teach us how to manage our lives in the time that we're living in. And so we thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us orphans, but you give us direction through your word. Paul appealed to his Roman citizenship. We can appeal to our American citizenship. I pray, Lord, for our church, Lord. There's a lot of hard decisions, Lord, with employment, with schooling, with, with issues concerning uh, the vaccination. I pray for wisdom and discernment. I pray that no one would do something just because they're afraid, but that they would seek wise counsel, they would seek your counsel. For you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And while all heads are bowed, if you're here this morning, and you would like to give your life to Jesus Christ, we want to give you an opportunity. Go ahead and raise your hand now. And we can ask the Lord to come into your heart. Is there anybody here who wants to get right with God? Today is the day of salvation. Not a day is promised to any of us. We can be here today and literally gone tomorrow. And if we are gone tomorrow and we are before Jesus Christ, will he know you as his child? Or will he know you as one who lived in your sins and thought it not important to repent? Please, don't gamble with your eternal salvation. Give Jesus Christ your heart. Today is the day of salvation. To just consider it. Jesus can change your heart. He can change your life. And the things that you think you're missing in this world can compare to the glory and the blessings that God will give you with a relationship with His Son. 
It is amazing. He changes us. He changed me completely. I was a sinner, a complete sinner, and God changed my life. He can do it for you. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Lord, we're grateful how in your Proverbs and in the Psalms, you tell us that wisdom is the principal thing. And in all our getting, get wisdom. To love wisdom even more than rubies, to seek her out, not silver and gold, but your wisdom. Oh Lord, we need wisdom today, for it is a crazy world. But we're grateful that your wisdom, your daily wisdom, guides us every day. So Lord, bless your people. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services. We now have two services on Sunday, one at 8.30 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.